time for Coffee with the Chicken Ladies, a podcast for people who love chickens. Hey everybody and welcome. It's Chrissy and Holly from Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. We're here and this is episode number 102 of our podcast where we talk about everything chicken, family, fun, and more chickens. More chickens. We drink a ton of coffee. I'm talking a ton. But most importantly, we hug chickens every day. And we kiss them too. Don't forget, we brew coffee from a little coffee house here in Bel Air, Maryland. Holly Ann, what kind of coffee are we brewing today? We're back to this amazing Costa Rican. I want to be back there, man. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> are you ready to sip some coffee and chat? I am. But first, a word from our sponsor. We have some exciting news to share from our sponsor, Grubbly Farms. This month, you can receive 30% off if you're a first-time buyer. I'm a longtime subscriber, and my flock love the healthy, nutritious treats, plus all products ship free. If you haven't heard, Grubbly's has a fantastic layer pellet and crumble feed. It's packed with plant and insect protein. It's perfect for those picky chickens and ducks. This offer does not apply to subscriptions and cannot be combined with any other discounts. It's a great time to try Grubbly Farms if you haven't yet. Use the code CWTCL30 for 30% off your first purchase. Try it today. Okay, so how are you doing today? I am absolutely great. Martha's babies, all five have hatched. They're doing really, really well. Is everyone looking on our social media to see these adorable little Nankin chicks? They are adorbs with their mama. Yeah. So cute. She's so cute. Martha's the smallest of my Nankin hens. Yeah, she's tiny. She's tiny. These babies are super tiny. I don't remember the last batch being this tiny. They were different because they were incubator babies. Yeah. This is a totally different experience. Oh, it really is. Yeah. One thing I will say about the Nankins is that they were critically endangered and, you know, they're still in the threatened category, but there really is a reason that they survived. And that's because they are so good at their job and their job is being broody hens. I'm like, Holly Ann, we need more video. And you're like, every time I try to get it, she takes the babies and puts them under her. She does. The other day she was teaching them to dust bathe. We need video, man. It was so cute. I opened the top and put my phone in and she starts yelling for the babies and puts them all under her wings. And that's the end of that. She's the like, lady with the camera She's again. like, there's a creepy adult in here with a camera <laughs> filming my kids. Get out no! of here. But yeah, we're having a great time with them. It's really special. Definitely. How's your egg production? That could be a good laugh. What egg production? <laughs> <laughs> it stinks right now. Our egg production's like zero to like two a day out of 20-something chickens. I have not had a regular-sized egg in like three weeks. <laughs> Nell and Abigail Adams, the other two bantams, are laying here and there. Yeah. And thank goodness for it because any baking I've had to do where I need eggs, I'm like two Nankin eggs equals one large egg. So Our March babies are slackers, let me tell you. They're like, you always say heritage breeds take a long time to lay, (laughs) so we're going to take our time. No one's laying. No one's They're looking mighty pretty and eating a lot of food, but no laying yet. Do you guys know that Thanksgiving is coming soon and I need to be baking? Oh, the Christmas baking. I use even more eggs. I'm like, come on. Start laying these eggs. I tell the story about how the Bard Rocks did not lay their first egg until Christmas morning. We went out there to let them out. And there was the first egg. It was a Christmas miracle. <laughs> I remember that because she sent me a photo of it. Look at the Christmas miracle. It's you the know, first egg. You know how to get the chickens laying? Go buy eggs and you will have your own <laughs> chickens laying. Yeah. I'm holding out. So there's a few things we wanted to mention. First is, we've already done this on social media, but congrats to us. We're celebrating over 100,000 downloads. Yes. Thank you, everyone who has listened around the world. We appreciate every single one of you. Gigantic thank you to our sponsors as well for supporting us and keeping this podcast going. We are just surrounded by an amazing network of people. 
And while I'm thinking of it, thank you to Pete. Yeah. Our editor. Of course. Who works the magic behind the scenes and makes this sound amazing. He does a good job. Thank you, Pete. The other thing we wanted to mention is, have y'all heard of the magazine Mother Earth News? We had Jessica Mitchell, the editor over at Mother Earth News on our podcast. Well, we're on theirs. Yeah, that was super fun. We talk a lot. We talk a lot. We talk a lot. (laughs) So if you want to hear us give our story a little bit more personal of Holly Ann and I, head over to Mother Earth News and check us out on their podcast. Yeah, it was great. It It was was a good lesson. Mm -hmm. It was fun. If you're listening to our show and you're loving it, head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a written review. It does amazing things for the growth of our show. We love reading them. It makes our day. And while you're there, hit that subscribe button because you never miss an episode. And it's another way that we get to grow. You can also tell a chicken-loving friend about the podcast. You can share your favorite episodes on social media. If you're looking for other ways to support the podcast, you can visit our Etsy shop. We have t-shirts and we have lots of mugs. Check out the new patterns. Christmas is coming up. You might want to get a mug for your favorite chicken lady or man. You can become a patron of the show. Visit patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. Check out our levels of membership. And the other thing you can do is visit our show notes, use our affiliate links and discount codes and buy products from our sponsors. Yay! Hey, Chris. Yeah. Do you like subscription boxes? Does it have anything to do with chickens? Of course. Then yeah. Let me take a minute to tell you about the chicken love box. If you love goodies for your chickens and you, you need to go to chickenlove.com. I love the mega box. Tons of useful products for my flock and a chicken tea for me. You can't go wrong with a chicken tea. They are so cute and so soft. In the August box, I absolutely love the chicken pot holders and the Ikea scrub brush. My chickens are going crazy over those grubbly grubs in that box. And the chicken note cards are going to be great to send into school with the teachers. Boxes start at $39 a month. They ship immediately after your order, and shipping is always free. Such a great deal. Don't wait. Get off the nest and click already. Use the code CWTCL50 for 50% off your first box of a three-month subscription or more. That's chickenlove.com. That's chickenluv.com. Get your subscription today. Have you heard of Strong Animals Chicken Essentials? They make natural supplements for your flock. Strong Animals has used plant-based products and natural approaches to promote the health and vitality of backyard flocks. Their products contain organic essential oils, prebiotics, and other natural ingredients to support the immune system and digestive health. Give your chicks and chickens what they need to thrive with Strong Animals health products. Visit GetStrongAnimals.com today. The Breed Spotlight is brought to you by Murray McMurray Hatchery. Defining quality for generations. For over a century, Murray McMurray Hatchery has remained a trusted family-owned business, working tirelessly to ensure our poultry meet the highest standards. Whether you are an experienced enthusiast or just embarking on the journey, look to McMurray Hatchery for guaranteed quality rare and heritage breeds, low minimums, and all the supplies you need to raise your flock. Request a free catalog, and don't forget, pre-orders start November 2022 for the spring 2023 season. La, 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 time for Breed Spotlight, yeah. Yeah. Okay, so this week's Breed Spotlight, we're doing a new one this week. Yes, the Basque Hen. Basking in that sun. No, it's (laughs) B-A-S-Q-U-E, Basque. It is, but when I hear that, I just feel like... You should think of basking. You're just basking. Now, this is one of those breeds, just like the Swedish flower hen. Yeah. Hen is in the name, but it does include the roosters, just FYI. Hey, you're a boy, but you're caught a hen. It's okay. 
The Basque hen is a rare European breed, and duh, it originates in the Basque region of Spain. Yeah. The Basque region is in the north of Spain. It includes some of the Pyrenees Mountains and the Bay of Biscay. And the Basque people are an independent and very old, like thousands of years old, indigenous group that speak their own language. So when you think about it, this chicken is the north end of Spain, and then you think about the Andalusians, they're the southern part of Spain. So they're very both Spain, but they're both from different geographical areas, and they have very different characteristics and everything else. Well, the Basques would tell you that's because they are an independent group. Right. I mean, they consider themselves completely separate from both France and Spain. And like I said, they speak their own language. It's called Yuskal. It is not a Latin language. And believe it or not, it's not related to either Spanish or French. Okay. Now, in Basque, these chickens are known as Yuskal Oiloic. Okay. I'm just going to call them the Basque hen. Yeah, because it literally means Basque hen. <laughs> yep. These chickens developed across the Basque region probably as a land race. They remind me of the Icelandic Oh, you land think race. so? Yeah, that coloring, it definitely reminds me of the same thing. And they do have a few color variations. Now, they don't have a crest like the Icelandic. No, no it's just the coloring of the feathers. That grayish black, the light brown all together kind of reminds me. Yeah, I could see that. The Basque region, much of this area is mountainous. Again, the Pyrenees. Right. And it's filled with herds of sheep. They're great shepherds. So are you going there? No, I'm not. <laughs> I the would. Sheep, you would want to go there. I would happily go there, actually. I would, too. My next breed of sheep that I want actually is a French breed, the Wouchon. Okay. It's from a tiny island off of Brittany, France. Okay. But there are very few of them in the U.S. So anyway, that's a whole other story. <laughs> so the Basque hens, would they probably would have ranged around the edges of farm and sheep fields. They would have self-selected and been, you know, doing their own breeding. Yeah. Because these people were hard workers and did not have time for fussy breeding. Oh, no. By all accounts, the Basques are extremely hardy and healthy chickens and truly excellent foragers. Nice. As you would expect. If you're in the mountains, you got to be foraging, man. I would think so. They are considered dual purpose, but they more than earn their keep as layers. They're also very intelligent and curious. But the number one characteristic that I saw over and over again. Friendly. Absolutely. How friendly they are. Yeah. Yeah. Nothing better than a friendly chicken. A friendly, beautiful chicken. Yeah. I think they're beautiful if they're friendly, no matter how like That's weird true. they're looking. Well, I like, think all chickens are beautiful. It's the same way like people always say like your beauty is in who you are and your personality. I totally believe yeah, that. Yeah, I can see that. I mean, it shines through if you have a nice soul, no matter what. There is a North American Basque Hen Association. And they have both a website and a Facebook page. And here's the good thing. They do have a breed standard. Okay. So it was created in Spain in the late 1970s and early 1980s when numbers of the Basque hen were in decline because hybrid layers had moved into the region. So breeders have identified five distinct color varieties. Okay. The first is the Lepogori or the Goria. Which is red, reddish brown. Mm-hmm. The second is the Maraduna. Bard. Yeah. You're doing the like complicated one. I'll just come in with the other one. Well, the thing about the bard is that, well, we'll talk about more about the Maraduna, but it's a golden barring. Nice. It is so pretty. The Beltza. Black. The Zillara. Colombian. And the Naked Neck variety. Which is Naked Neck. Also, <laughs> also known as the Lepazoyla. I was calling it Naked Neck. It's okay? just Naked Neck. 
Now, what you do need to know that even though it's a breed standard, the Basquin is not APA accepted so at this point. You're not going to be showing. You're not going to be showing them. At least not here. No. Baskins arrived in the U.S. and Canada sometime in the 2000s. They are a young chicken over here. They are a recent arrival. Yeah. Apparently, there was some movement back and forth across the U.S.-Canadian border. I found like hints about that, but no one said it out, okay. right? I don't know if that was sanctioned oh. travel across the borders or not. We do know for sure that Greenfire Farm obtained stock at some point, as well as actually several other breeders in this country, smaller breeders. And the people who keep this breed tend to really love them. Such a cute chicken. They really are. And the roosters are adorable. Oh, the roosters. Oh, the They're roosters. They're beautiful. Very handsome. Much like the Bielefelder, I feel like... That's what they remind me of. Yeah. The Maradona reminds you very much of the Bielefelder. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Definitely. So the breed standard calls for a medium to large bodied bird with a straight comb, yellow legs, four toes, and those red ear lobes. Right. Hens weigh around five pounds. And the roosters are about eight. They're so- big boys. Now, the Maradona color does seem to be the most popular here. Oh, they're very pretty. Absolutely gorgeous. Mostly golden barring over the ruse. Now, the hens are a pretty reddish gold with a darker head. They may have bits of the golden barring as well. The hens seem to have some variation. I see it in them. But they're very, very pretty. They're up on my computer screen right now. Do you know now. what they remind me of a little bit? Just a little bit. What's up? The snow leopard Swedish flower. A little bit. Just I've, a little bit. We're all like, they're all around all these different kinds yeah. of chickens. They're very familiar chicken to us. Yep. They're very beautiful. We love that they're friendly. They would fit in really well in a homestead for sure. I really love land race breeds. The party. Yeah. Something about them just draws me to them. That's one of the reasons I like the Swedish flower so much. I see a lot of similarities in the behavior of this chicken, especially the foraging. So let's get into these numbers. Hens lay 180 to 200 tinted cream colored large eggs, which, okay, they're in my pretty good category. They only go broody every once in a while. But they're good moms when they do. Mm -hmm. This is a type of chicken that I like that doesn't go broody a lot. Yeah, you don't want to rely on broodiness if you're going to breed them. No. You definitely want to invest in an incubator. Or have an Orpington. Right, or a broodier (laughs) breed of it, exactly. Now, I will say I followed some of Fiona's advice and the whole time Martha was sitting on her clutch, I had my incubator running. Yeah, you need to. I do think that's a good idea for a backup, especially if you're doing rare breeds or heritage breeds. I mean, you don't want to lose any of your chicks. No. But when you're breeding the rarest of the rare, you need to be super careful. And you were saying that the difference between incubator and broody is immense, like the amount of work and everything. The broody hen is the way to go if you can. It's interesting to me. In a lot of ways, I can relax and just let Martha do it. Yeah. In other ways, I'm a little bit anxious. I was talking to Pete about this last night. Like, I like to be able to check the babies regularly for pasty butt and things like that. And when she has them under her, I can't do that. The thing that made it easier is you're not messing with knobs on an incubator. She's doing all of that. She did everything. And we really can just let her do her thing. Now, if I were going to breed any of my hens, Martha was a perfect choice. She can be picked up. Yeah. She never once pecked me while she was broody. Personality plus with Martha, as well as she's gorgeous. I have picked up the babies and she lets me. It's fine. She just doesn't want me to film them. That's all. Come on, Martha. We need pictures of these babies (laughs) and videos. Mama needs some reels. (laughs) So to summarize, the Basque hen is another breed that's really an all-around winner. It's a great bird. They're a great homestead breed, super friendly, gentle, so good for families. Yeah. 
I didn't see anyone saying that they were a good bird with kids, but I bet they are. I bet they are. And there's nothing out there saying that they're bullies. So they're no. great for a mixed flock. That's really one of the things you want to look for when you're looking for birds to add into and integrate into an existing yeah. flock is their personality. Make sure they're not bullies, that they're going to be easygoing, laid back chickens because it's going to make your life so much easier. It definitely will. I mean, they are intelligent. So I think they're going to be fine in a run, but it needs to be a big run so they have enough room to scratch. I don't think they're going to become feather pickers. I think the most space that you can physically give your chickens is the best. Yeah, absolutely. You're never going to have too much space. So build bigger first because then it's easier. Yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. don't go small and say, I can add on. That make, That's a big headache. It is. We and have learned that the hard way. most chickens need the space. Yes. And if you can, give it to them. Right. So where can we find this birds? The two commercial breeders that I found, you can only get the Maradona from them. Okay. So that's that golden barred mm-hmm. chicken, which is a stunner. So Greenfire Farm has them. Right. Of course. And Sandhill Preservation has of them. Of course. Both, Both of them have of the Maradonas, right. Bat in the thousands. These two now, will always have these birds. Sandhill Preservation is sold out for the rest of the year. I think Greenfire Farm does still have some. Okay. I think they've had them for a long time. Yeah. They have a lot of stock. So it's actually one of their birds that's not super expensive. Right. I don't know how long they're shipping. If you're interested in the Bass Ken for this year, you probably want to hop on their website and take a look. Check it out. Yeah, see how long they're going to be available. If you want some of the other colors, I would strongly suggest visiting the Basque Breeders Group. The links are in the show notes. And see if there's anybody that has some grow outs or starter flocks that they want to sell. And if you already have the Basque Ken, you know what I'm already going to say. Send us your pictures. We would love to see your chickens. Is this a bird you could see in your flock? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. If you're looking for a chicken coop that's produced in a planet-friendly, sustainable way, Try Nestera. Each coop is made from highly durable, 100% recycled plastic that keeps the equivalent of up to 2,000 shampoo bottles out of a landfill. Their clean, modern design will fit into any garden or run area and comes with an industry-beating 25-year warranty and a range of handy accessories. Simple to put together, so quick and easy to clean, and most importantly, red mite resistant. Your chickens will love it. Quick shipping from Amazon.com or Nestera.us. Use our code CWTCLP10 for 10% off. Check them out today. Roosties proudly sponsors Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. If you're raising chicks or keeping chickens, take a look at Roosties store on Amazon.com. We've personally tested their products and we're huge fans. They have their famous nesting pads, those fantastic chick water and feeder kits, do-it-yourself port feeder kits, water or nipple, and water or cup kits. And you don't even need to drive to the stores. They're all available for prime delivery on Amazon.com. Visit Amazon.com and check out the Roosties range or follow the link in our show notes. Okay, so we're ready to move on to main topic. Yeah. Yeah, you were feeling that. (laughs) Yeah. I gotta get some of this energy out of me. This is a main topic 2.0. We're going to look back at the first aid kit. Yeah. The first aid kit is your toolbox and taking care of your chickens when something happens unexpectedly and you need to have something on hand. We're going to talk about some of the things you should have on hand. Almost everyone has a tight budget right now. Yeah. And if you're trying to set up a first aid kit, there's a lot of initial expenditure. You know, you're putting things out. Somebody gave me advice very long ago and I took it. And she said, every time you go to the feed store, get another thing for your first aid kit. If you're just starting out with chickens, it's very hard because you're going to need a lot of things. As you have chickens longer, the first aid kit, that's correct. You buy something as you go. Mm -hmm. The other thing we can say is chicken love box. Andrea puts stuff for your first aid kit. She does, actually. I have a lot of stuff in my kit from her. Yeah, stuff that you wouldn't even think about. You're like, oh, this is cool. Add it to the first aid kit. 
But as you go along, add something every now and then for 10 bucks, and then it's not a big expense. Right. Now, the other thing we will say is if, like us, you put your first aid kit together long ago, maybe you can use this episode as a prompt to go check your expiration dates. I think I need to do that. Because I had to throw away a bunch of stuff recently. With yeah, sheep kit and my chicken kit. Yeah. I mean, you're like good that you're not using it, but then also you're like, shoot, it's expired when you need it. Yeah. So it's like yeah. going back in every year, once or twice a year and making sure everything's well, good to go. it's expired and you might need it is one issue. The other issue is supply chain has definitely affected things. Right. I can't tell you how long it took me to find my sheep dewormer. I found a tiny feed store in Texas that carried my sheep dewormer and bought it from them. I was on the phone with you when you did that. Were you? Yes. Okay. Yeah. Of course. I was like, I'm buying it. So what we're doing right here is we're going to tell you some of the basics that you can't do without. So we're going to list like 20, but then we're also going to come back and say like a wish list. As you go, things yeah. you can add in. Extra money you might want to think about this or Socking you might want to think suffers. about this. <laughs> well... Hey, everybody, for my stocking this year, can you add some first aid kit items for my chickens? <laughs> if you're a true chicken lady, this would be a good idea. Absolutely. Let's start from the beginning. You get chicks. And I think, honestly, you should start with the chick. And we have an episode where we have the chick first aid kit, basically. Right, right. Because if you're going to start with chicks, that's what you're going to need. And then slowly add in the other stuff. Yes. So... For chicks, chickens, one of the number one things you need in your first aid kit is chloride. Absolutely. Comes in a powder or a liquid. I think the liquid is easier to get now. Either one works. You really don't want to be without this. Coccidiosis is a real deal. We actually have a main topic on it. If you want to learn about it, episode 77, you'll learn all about that. Mm -hmm. So chloride, number one thing, you get chicks, you want to have it. The next one is a broad spectrum dewormer. Safeguard. Yeah, the name is Safeguard. It is Fenbendazole. Which is also known as Panicure when you mm-hmm. go to your vets. It's all a different brand name. It's safe stuff. It's broad spectrum. Right, it's broad spectrum. That's really our go-to. Now, we're a little different than a lot of people that we use the Safeguard for goats because it's a liquid dose. It's quick and easy to treat with. It does not go in their water. No. You dose the chicken individually. And the good thing about this, we don't usually give out dosing, but one cc per chicken 10-day egg withdrawal, you're done. Yeah, it's really, really good and effective. And if not you have super... a chicken that's not feeling just herself and you suspect it, it's really, as in the name, it's safe to give. Right. You do have a 10-day egg withdrawal, though. Mm-hmm. Just know that. Poultry, Nutri-Drench. This is one we will not be without. Never. Okay, so if your chicken is molting and not doing well with it or just feeling off, you don't know what's going on. You have a chicken that won't eat or drink. The very first thing you do, one cc of Nutri-Drench. Mm-hmm to this chicken. It's absorbed through the crop, does not have to go through anything else. Right. And it's packed full of everything, including calcium that they need. It can sometimes stimulate them to drink. If you have chicks that were stressed in shipping, a drop of Nutri-Drench can really help. It doesn't have to get down into the stomach to start working. Right in the crop. It can be absorbed from the mouth and the crop. It's really wonder stuff. That's one that we absolutely will not be without. So the next few things are going to have to do with having bandage materials. Mm -hmm. Bandage and materials used to clean wounds. Right. Because those things are going to happen. So... These are like trauma things. Things for trauma. Things for bumblefoot. Right. Different things. You're going to need a plethora of bandage materials. And one of the main things that you should never be without is vet wrap. Coflex. It's a wrap that sticks to itself. It holds all your bandages in place. You use it in bumblefoot. Never be without it. Vet wrap and what you call the Telfa squares, which are essentially, if you get them in, say, Walmart, they're just called nonstick bandages. Yes. And they're like either two by two or four by four. We'll get the four by four and cut them down. Right. So you can make several bandages out of that. Yeah. The other stuff that we'll interject as a wish list, rolled cotton, white tape. 
that's more advanced bandaging. Yeah. You can get Gauze by pads. without it. It's stuff that it's good to have if you roll cotton. Right. If you want to go the I full. Keep going. There's really a ton of bandaging stuff. There's a ton, a ton, but a ton. If you want the bare minimum, you want those nonstick squares and the vet wrap. You can always use paper towels and things to clean, but the gauze is really the best way to clean a wound. Oh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. So gauze pads, four by fours, just to clean the wound. You need to clean a wound. Something that you should have is either Vetterson or Bye Bye Boo Boos. Right. The Bye Bye Boo Boos is really nice. Now, it is, that is completely comprised of like essential oils and things completely like that. Completely natural. And there's nothing wrong with that. No. But if you want to go with a tried and true cleaner, the Vetterson is really top notch. I have both of them. I have both of them also. If it's a trauma, like a deep cut or something like that, I'm going to go for the Vetterson. Yeah. Now, in that category is also HypoCleanse. HypoCleanse right. is a brand name, but it's chlorhexidine. And chlorhexidine is used in both animal hospitals and human hospitals to scrub for surgery. So that tells you right there that if, you need it. If you get it from the pharmacy, it's the regular cleanse. pharmacy, it's HybaCleanse. If you get it from a vet supplier, it's Novosan. Novosan, or they call it just chlorhexidine. If you want something more basic, you can go with iodine. Now, chlorhexidine has an antifungal and bacterial component. You can't go wrong with it. If you go to Walgreens, CVS, any place like that, I think it's less than 10 bucks for a bottle. It might be, yeah. We have multiple bottles. For one thing, Joe's had multiple knee surgeries. Right. And the orthopedic surgeon has him scrub the knee multiple days before the surgery. Right. That's how that works. Yeah. He does that. And then I get the leftover bottles for the chicken. That's nice. So he hands me the bottles and says, here's you go. Here's for your first aid kit. Perfect. Now, when you're treating these wounds, silver ointment is our go-to. Again, broad spectrum has a fungal component. Now, what we say about a lot of stuff is we want broad spectrum, we want antibacterial and fungal. Right. Because all these different things, including bumblefoot and different cuts, could either be bacteria or fungal. Absolutely. Yeah. We had Casper and Casper is the worst case of bumblefoot I've ever seen. We had that cultured and it had two or three different resistant types of bacteria and candida yeast. Yeah. And so we finally got it under control with daily debriding and silver ointment. Yes. If you can't get a wound cultured for whatever reason, that silver ointment you can't go wrong with. No. Ideally, you want to get the high strength prescription stuff. And again, we're all in agreement that it shouldn't be prescription, but it is. If you can't get that, you want an over-the-counter, which is not as strong, but will still do the job. So CVS has a house brand. Amazon has it. Curad, we have yeah. it on our on our storefront. It's called Curad Wound Care. And right. there, there are some other brand names. So silver ointment is definitely one that you want. Okay. So we're sticking with ointments for eye problems. Uh-huh. Broad spectrum teramycin is always good to have in your first aid kit. Yeah. If there's a wound around the eye that you don't want to put something that you're fearful of it getting in the eye, teramycin is one that you can get at your farm supply store Absolutely. usually. Yeah. And have in your arsenal. You don't want to be without it because you find those eye wounds on a weekend or, you know, sometimes you want to treat them right away. Or like you said, a wound around the eye, right. even a pecking injury on an eyelid, you want to go with teramycin because it's going to get in the eye. And if, like me, you have other animals, teramycin carries over. Exactly. So you're going to need means to give the medications. Uh-huh. So you're going to need syringes. Here's the good thing now. You can buy these dosing syringes right on Amazon. Absolutely. So you're going to need a 1cc TB syringe as a tuberculin syringe and 3ml syringes. Right. So that you can dose your dewormers. And if you need chicks to dose, you're going to need a TB syringe. So a TB syringe gives you 10th increments up to 1cc. Right, so it's 1cc total, yeah. And then you start with a 10th and you can measure up. A 3ml syringe, it doses by 1ml up to Mm 3. So both of these syringes, you're going to need. Right. 
And you need a way to give the medication. So that is very important. Absolutely. I have one more for general wounds. Go ahead. Blood stop powder. Oh, yeah, for sure. Because torn nails, beats. Torn nails, right. If you keep roosters, broken spurs, those things. Comb injuries because they can bleed. I oh, used my goodness. it on Lucy. Yeah. It's not that expensive either. So no. that's a really good one to have. And you don't want the sticks. You want the powder. Yes. Okay. So let's go into chicks and chickens that are just not feeling well. Mm-hmm. We have the Nutri-Drench right. on board. But for chicks, polyvisol is good to have. It's without iron. Right. You always want it without iron. Now, this is a pricier option. It has a lot of specific uses. Yes. It's one that you might not use all the time. Failure to thrive, Rynec. You can't beat it for Rynec. Exactly. Or some of the other vitamin deficiencies that a chick might develop. That's good stuff. Again, that might be an extra. You might not buy that. That might be a wish list. Right. I mean, if you need it, you're going to have to run out quickly and get it. Yes. And you know what? Walmart sometimes is open 24 hours, Uh so you might be able to do that. Sometimes the packs of electrolytes in whatever brand that you like, that's always good to have on the probiotics. And electrolytes. Absolutely. Save a chick. Strong Animal Chicken Essentials. Yeah. All these companies have really good options for probiotics and electrolytes. So those are awesome to have on hand. Tums. Tums, Absolutely. If your chicken needs a fast jolt of calcium, if she's having trouble laying an egg and she might need help with contractions, it starts it. Yes. Vaseline. Yes. Low cost. Many Very uses. effective. Yeah. So scaly leg mites. Uh-huh. If you're noticing that, you want to be able to go right to it. Oh, yeah. If you want to use a protectant on the comb while it's cold just to protect that skin. It won't stop blood vessels from freezing. If you need to check the vent of a chicken... Some lubrication. Yes. Yeah. And with that should be latex gloves. There's another kind too that's non-latex, but also sterile gloves. If you're allergic to latex. Yeah. A sterile glove. Nitrile, is that what they are? Nitrile gloves? I'm not sure. If you go to order gloves on, say, Amazon, you'll have more than one choice. You have the latex and the non-latex. Yes. We keep the non-latex in my house. How about some pieces of equipment that might be handy? Okay, let's go down the line. Tweezers. Forceps. Nail trimmers, yeah, or nail files. Yes, both. Headlamps. Headlamps, we both have them. You Actually, them. I would put that in your primary list of things. Yeah. It makes your life so much easier. If you have to check for mites or lice, yeah. that's the way to go. Mm-hmm. Even like in the middle of the day, if we're working on someone with Bumblefoot, I will put the headlamp on because it gives me direct light and I can Extra see exactly light. what I'm doing. Yeah. The eyedropper with the curved end. This was another Andrea thing she gave us. Yeah, she did. I keep them on hand because sometimes if you have a chicken that just really is difficult. Or a baby. A baby, it's very important. And so essentially in that case, if you're not putting it right in their beak and you're just kind of using the dropper on the side of their beak, you do want that curved end. And they're only a couple bucks on Amazon too. Okay. Now I'm going to make you all laugh because Holly and I go back and forth on this one. (laughs) Popsicle sticks. Now, I have them in mine. She does not, but if she needs them, I've got more than enough for both of us. I was going to say, if you need it, I got you covered. She can probably give craft sticks to the entire state (laughs) if they need them. I like to have the ability. Are you going to build a house with them? If I need to splint something, I have the ability to splint it. Yes, you do. Now, Drusilla, we talk about her bandaging all the time. You know what I said when we were talking about this episode? I said, how many times have you needed to splint a chicken? And she said, Drusilla. And I said, how many times have you needed to splint a chicken? (laughs) Well, when we were trying to figure out the leg thing, when we thought it was the toe, we were laughing today because we were talking. We're like, if that chicken could talk, she would have been like, it's not my toe. It's not my toe. No, she would have been like, crazy lady. So this is from being a vet tech. We always had big tongue depressors that we would cut down that we needed for splints. 
and you always needed a splint for something and you cover it with white tape so there's no sharp edges and it's just coming from being a vet tech i'm never without them but we laughed about it we're like do we have to include this and i'm like yes okay (laughs) so there we go craft six or you can eat a few popsicles Hey, that's what I said to the kids when yeah. I needed some and I didn't have them. It's like, go eat a popsicle. Is that why you have so many now? Yes, why? Okay. <laughs> so what else should we... Well, there's one that I like that you don't use. And go I ahead. use this for all the animals and that's blue coat. Yes, I don't use it. You do. Mm-hmm. That's another thing. Yeah. You really like it. Oh, yeah. It works really well. It's an antibacterial and antifungal. One of the main ingredients is gentian violet. And you'll know what gentian violet is if you're of a certain age. Okay. Because it was a component used in medication a lot, especially for skin bacterial and fungal infections. Right. I'll use it on all the animals, mostly on surface things. You know, if it's a deep cut, it's not what you want to use. Right. Like in my bachelor flock, if someone gets a comb or a waddle bitten and it's bright red, a little blue coat will hide the wound and protect it. This was another thing on our list was green goo. It doesn't have to be green goo. Uh It can be any salve. Right. I cover wounds with that uh-huh. because you don't want any blood showing because they're going to peck it. Bright red, they're going to go for it. Yep. Yep. But yes, blue coat is in yours, not in mine, but everybody's going to have a little bit of different stuff. Yes. You end up keeping what is most useful for you and your flock. If you don't have roosters with broken spurs, you might never keep the size of nail file that I keep. Exactly. For spur trimming, I actually use the hoof nippers for my sheep. You've talked about that before. So like goat or sheep hoof trimmers. Yeah. If you do use them, just keep in mind that the keratin, the outer spur can split if you make a big cut. So you have to make a lot of small cuts and then usually have to file it or sand it. Here's a new thing we're adding to our list, which we actually got in our love box. Bandage scissors. Oh, yeah. That's a good idea. Especially if you keep all the paraphernalia that you do. (laughs) (laughs) Ivermectin. For mites and lice. Right. Ivermectin applied topically does not kill parasites within your bird. No. It kills topical parasites. Exactly. In fact, in most of the livestock world, ivermectin has been so overused that so many parasites are resistant to it. It has two places where it actually has maintained effectiveness, and that is meningeal worm for ruminants and then external parasites for almost all animals. And my guess would be ear mites would be part of that. In the small animal world, mm-hmm. ivermectin is used. If you have a kitten or ever had little puppies or kittens yeah. that you have strays, a lot of them have ear mites. Uh-huh. And they're really fun to put on a microscope slide and watch them walking around, but ivermectin treats them. By injection, right. It is like the best thing for external parasites. So dogs, it's injectable. Cats, llamas, alpacas, the big animals too. Now with the chickens, you do not inject it. No. You apply it topically. It's the same way you would put frontliner advantage on a dog. So on a chicken, you would put the ivermectin on their skin yep. between their wings or shoulder yep. blades. Where they can't get it. Like yeah, where they can, literally cannot get their exactly. beak to it. Yeah. And then it moves through the skin follicles yep. from there and it kills. It can work on scaly leg mite, chicken lice, chicken mites, pretty much everything. That again is a pricier thing. That's a wish list. That's a wish list item, right. Unless you have it on hand for other animals. Right. But it also tends to have a really long expiration date. It does. So the other things that we have on first aid kits are things that you need to set up if you have a sick chicken. So mm-hmm. towels, blankets, panel heaters, pop-ups, all the different things that you're going to need to make a makeshift about- hospital. We're going to talk about that later. Yes. But that is on your first aid kit also because you're going to need a place to keep your sick animal that's away from the flock. Absolutely. That's the reality of having chickens. Unfortunately, they don't do well with a sick flock member. 
It's sad, but that's their nature. Yeah, absolutely. So you mm-hmm. have to kind of deal with it as you go. Right. There's different animal vitamins that you can use. Water we, additives. Yes. Chicken elixir. There's flock guard. There's rooster booster. All these different things that you can use. Roba poultry. Right. That will help keep your flock healthy, but they're a preventative they're not so much you're going to go for a first aid Exactly, problem. right. The one thing we didn't mention is super glue because they can fix a little cut, a little tear in the skin. Or the beak too. Or yeah. the beak. Yeah, Ricardo Montalban, the rooster, not the actor. He went head first into chain link and he ripped the little side of his beak. Yeah. And so if you're careful and as long as the skin underneath is not raw, yeah. like it was on the quick, but it like had a tiny drop. Yeah. And so it, literally it was a tiny drop and I held the beak down and it cemented it until it grew below. In small animals called Nexaban and they use, it's basically super glue, but they uh-huh. put it in the medical field right. and it's used a lot for cuts and different things like that. So having that in there just in case. You need to use that judiciously because that burns and you've yeah. got to be careful how Tiny. and where you use it. We're going to have a complete list on our show notes. Right. So that you can actually see everything that we're saying. If you have something that we didn't mention. That works for you. Let us, us know. Yeah. Because yep. we want to add to this list. Absolutely. Because as you go, you can add to it. Nothing saying that you need to go out to the store and buy all these things right now. You know, early on, I really did find it was helpful. Like I was at the feed store one week and I grabbed Corid. And then two weeks later, I grabbed NutriDrench. Just bit by bit built it up. Some of the things you need pretty quickly, like dosing syringes and things mm-hmm. like that, just so that you have them on hand. And they're less expensive than they're some of the other. They're not that cheap. Some bandage materials that you could use for your family also have on hand. The vet wrap is very inexpensive. Okay, so let's move on to... Cracking the eggs. Cracking those eggs. Okay, this is my pumpkin pie. Yay. I love pumpkin pie, man. I love it too, and Pete loves it even more than I do. I would say start with your favorite crust recipe. I'm going to put my recipe up. It's a basic gluten-free pie crust recipe. Right. Not everyone has to do that. And mine is made with dairy-free butter and spectrum shortening and gluten-free flour. It's really basic, but I'll have that up for anyone gluten-free. If you want to use my recipe, you should be able to substitute wheat flour and dairy butter, but I've not tested it. So use it at your own risk. Okay. Honestly, I would just Google a regular pie crust recipe. Okay. We're not going to judge you if you use store-bought pie crusts. You hey, do, if you're really busy you. and this is one of the things right. that you have to go to the store to get, it's fine. If not, there's a lot of different recipes out there. And actually, there's not that many ingredients to a pie crust. No. It doesn't take too long. Nope. If you don't feel like rolling it out, I get that. But like we said, you do you. We're not judging. I'm still kind of trying to master my pie crust. They're mm-hmm. not the best yet. Okay. Like I tried it. Sometimes it's too thick. Sometimes it's not thick enough. Mm-hmm. So I'm not a master pie crust person. Not yet, but there's still time. The other thing about this recipe is that if you do not want the calories or the hassle with making a pie crust, you can pour this filling into a greased pie or baking dish and have crustless pumpkin pie, Mm -hmm. and it's really good. It's more like a custard at that point. Yeah, and we eat huge quantities of it. Pumpkin custard. Oh, so good. It's really good. And if you were here and you were Ella, you would add chocolate chips to it. Chocolate chips and pumpkin go really well. (laughs) They do. So the pie filling itself is super easy to make. The key ingredient is sweetened condensed coconut milk. Or regular milk. Or regular milk, right. If you're dairy-free, obviously you want the coconut milk. It doesn't taste like coconut at all. You don't even taste a hint of the coconut milk. It gives the pie a very smooth and creamy texture, and it sweetens everything exactly right. You don't have to add any other sugars. And this is going to include only two eggs. Yeah, thank God. (laughs) (laughs) Two eggs, one can of pure pumpkin, or two cups of fresh or frozen puree. 
We're not judging here. No, we're not. So the sweetened condensed coconut milk, it's a, bet, a little more than an 11 ounce can. That's exactly what you need. So you're going to need a pinch of sea salt, cinnamon, ginger, nutmeg, and cloves. These are your fall cinnamon go-to spices. Yeah. And that's it. Whisk it together. And pour that baby in. Bake at 350 degrees for about 40 minutes. Yeah. Now, when you put your pie crusts in, do you cover the edges at first or towards the end? At first, I don't. And then I, like, I only let it go a few minutes and then I do. And then I keep it covered until the very end just so that I can get it exactly where I want it to be. So I do this my mom's method. And I was trying to figure out if this is a Baltimore thing or like a 1960s thing. But when we put a pie in the oven, we have already covered the edges of the crust with strips of tinfoil. Okay. Or Reynolds wrap, whatever you I mean, you want to protect your crust. You don't want it to burn. And you leave that on until the last 10 minutes. Yeah. And then you take it off. That's what I do. Okay. Yeah. You want to protect that edge. Yeah. And it's especially important with the gluten-free crust because they will go from pale to overdone very quickly. I mean, or you're just eating that custard without the crust at that point. So you have to protect it. Well, for Thanksgiving, obviously, I do crust to fancy it up. Yeah. But the rest (laughs) of the year, if like we want pumpkin... It's crustless pumpkin pie. That crustless pumpkin pie is also good for breakfast. (laughs) So that is my pumpkin pie. Try it. Yeah. You might like it. You might. It's really good stuff. Send us pictures of your pumpkin pie. Yeah. We say it. Okay. So let's move on to retail therapy. Retail therapy. Yeah. Retail therapy this week. We're tying it in with our main topic of first aid kits. And we're talking about emergency housing options. Yeah. We've talked about some of these before. But it's just a reminder if you're setting up. We have a lot of listeners who don't have their chickens yet. And at this point of the year, you'll probably get your new chickens in the spring. Speaking of getting your chicks, don't forget that Murray McMurray is open for spring orders. They're open, baby. um, Put your orders in. Yeah. So we're talking about things like pop-up pens. Yes. Dog crates. Yes. Large animal carriers. Yes. And we'll start off by saying, I don't know about the pop-ups, but I've definitely seen large animal carriers and dog crates in thrift shops, yard sales. Every thrift store has a freaking dog crate in it. Yeah. Remember when we did the Maryland Poultry Swap as vendors and yeah. we were next to someone? Joy. Who, Joy. And Joy hey, had- Hey, Joy. Hi, Joy. Joy had spent all this time collecting carriers and crates. And so many people came to the swap with nothing that Joy sold out all of these secondhand we crates. loved being next to Joy. Yes. This. She is a really funny lady. And she set up, and like you said, she went to the thrift stores and bought all these crates because she says, watch this, ladies. All these people are going to come to this chicken swap and have nothing to take their right. chicks home in. And darn if she didn't sell out of her crate. She sold so many of them. It was becoming really amusing to watch. It was. Dog crates are great for chickens. Yeah. Of different sizes. If you had a small cat crate, that would have worked for a chick. Yes, I have a small cat crate for the bantams. Right. Yep. You can get large dog crates up to sizes for Great Danes. Now, I was using what is a small dog crate that would have been for like a 20-pound dog. Right. And I was taking that to the vet with <laughs> the Brahmas in it because they're enormous. That. And then I was in Tractor Supply and they had a huge dog crate Yeah. that's big enough for, say, a Claire to go in and turn around. Right. It wasn't cheap. But boy, is it good to have. Multiples. Yeah. So if you're in the thrift store, you're thrifting, you're looking for chicken stuff, take a spin and look for a crate, especially if you have multiple chickens, because you could have more than one chicken that's not feeling well at one time. And just check them out. Five, ten bucks. We saw one of the not so nice little things on one of your social media feeds for around your house that a chicken was getting bullied by other chickens and the person didn't have any place to put them. Yes. Both of us said, go to Goodwill and look for a crate right, right. to put this chicken in. 
because they work so well. She eventually rehomed him. Yeah, thank goodness. Um, thank goodness. But yeah, you just have to be a little creative. There are probably other things that we're not even thinking of. No, we For are sure. big fans of those soft-sided puppy playpens. They're our faves. And we do get them on Amazon. I don't know that I would buy them used. It's fabric. So you're like, like what I'd be worried about mold and mildew or bacteria. Right. So that's one I prefer to buy brand new. And here's the thing. They size up from two feet by two feet up to four to five feet by five feet. Yes. I tend to like the larger pop-up crates. Oh, me too. Because we know the storm took down the tree and destroyed our run. And I had seven chickens in that run. Yeah. They all went to a super large dog pop-up. Right. And it worked. It does work. And it was room for food, for room for them to walk around. Was it ideal? They were only there for a day until I got them mixed back into the where I needed to put them. But you well, need this for here's, emergencies. Here's where one came in handy for me. Martha went broody. Martha the Nankin won her five eggs. And I left her in the coop for about 10 days. But she could not stay in that coop because it is a raised coop and the chicks would potentially right. fall out. Right. Martha came in for the remaining 10 or 11 days. She's in a pop-up. Right. And it's because I had them. You know, we got it set up for her. Eventually, we'll introduce them to the outside. But right now, that's her broody coop. Oh, yeah. I didn't have one. Here's the other excellent thing about dog pop-up cages, animal pop-up cages. They travel extremely well. Yeah. You fold them up flat. If you have an emergency situation, right. you have to leave your home. You have five of them. Throw them in there. Wherever you're going, you can house your chickens. Yeah. And you buy them very readily on Amazon, on Chewy, at PetSmart, at Walmart. Any of these places readily available. They're very mainstream now. And in a plethora of sizes. Mm -hmm. So they're good things to have. The other thing I think people use are large bird cages in a pinch if you had to use yeah, that. Yeah, you could do that. Do I've actually do. seen video from Asian countries where people are carrying chickens in bird cages. You got to do what you got to do. It's a travel crate of sorts, right? Right. I was trying to think of other options, clever things you could do. My sister had this beautiful antique chicken crate. Oh, yeah. I mean, it was it was really a beautiful thing. Yeah. And when I picked up my first Swedish flowers, I used it. And then a couple months later, I picked up a pair of half silky pullets and they went right through it. Oh, wow. Because they were that small and yeah. the bars on it are actually pretty big. Okay. So like if you're picking up Jersey Giants, you're fine. Anything yeah. smaller, maybe not. Think about what you need. These things are readily available and not too expensive. I mean, you can even use like a baby pack and play as long as you put a top on it. Yeah. A tent. I've seen people use tents. Yeah. I've seen people use, like you said, baby pack and plays. Yeah. You put a top on it. If you had a pack and play, all you'd have to do essentially is cut even a piece of chicken wire to fit the top of it and weigh it down. Exactly. And you'd be fine. Yep. Be creative. But if you don't want to be creative... Amazon, Chewy, Walmart, all these different websites have the pop-ups, have dog crates. And we can't stress enough. Go to the thrift store and look for dog crates yeah. that you can scrub, power wash, and clean out. Right. And save. They Hard don't take a lot things. of space. Hard things yes. that you can clean really well. They don't yeah. take up a lot of space. And believe me, when you need it, you need it there. Actual dog crates you can fold down. You can take apart. Yeah. And they fold within themselves. Yep. And then when you need it, you pull it out. Oh, you know? Carriers don't work as well. But since mine are so disparate in sizes, I put the cat carrier in the big dog carrier yeah. to save some space. But you know what? To make your life easier, these are the things in your arsenal, in your first aid kit, 
you need to think about pop-ups and additional caging. Right. If you don't, with chickens, it's a harsh reality. It's going to hit you in the face. You're going to have to separate a chicken that's sick. Right. It's Whether it's simple. illness, it's emergency, it's a predator problem. Let's say your coop collapses in a blizzard. Where are you going to put those chickens? This is something that I had to learn the hard way. I did not know that in the very beginning many years ago. Right. And this is why we stress it so much because anyone who's new, it's better to know it now than when something Absolutely. happens. And to be able to get something less expensive when you have the opportunity at the thrift store right. and save some money. I agree wholeheartedly. So if you have any other ideas, any questions, DM us, email us. We'll be looking forward to hearing from you. Okay, so should we tell everybody what we're going to be talking about next week? Next week, we're talking about a very old American breed called the Ermanette. I can't wait. Our main topic, it's our monthly roundtable with Fiona. We're going to be talking about how to evaluate a chicken breeder if you're looking to buy chickens or chicks. I always love our roundtables with Fiona. Mm -hmm. Cracking the eggs, we're going to give my sausage, apple, and bread stuffing recipe. It's going to be yummy. Yes, including a vegetarian option because you know I don't eat sausage. And our retail therapy is super fun. Yeah. We are talking about hand-painted chicken gourds. These are like works of art you could use on your Thanksgiving table. These are so cute. I can't wait to talk about them. So what should we tell everybody to do until next week? Hug your chickens. Every day and kiss them too. We'll talk to you next week. Bye-bye. Bye. If you'd like to see more of us, please follow us on Instagram at Coffee with the Chicken Ladies. If you'd like to help us grow the podcast, please leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to become a patron of the show, please visit our Patreon page, patreon.com slash coffee with the chicken ladies. Thanks for listening.